Hi, everybody. This is Jimmy DeYoung. It's so great to have you along with us as we take a moment to take a look at the book. We're going to be looking at several passages of Scripture because we're not in a book study right now, but a subject study. What I hold in my hand is a series, a five-part audio series on CD entitled Angels and Prophecy. Do you know that the most used word in the book of Revelation is angels? You need to understand angels, how they were created, what their responsibility is today, how they will play into a Jewish person's life, a Christian person's life, and what about angels in the future? Well, that's what I cover in this five-part audio series on CD entitled Angels and Prophecy. We're going to take a moment and listen to Angels and the Jews, or at least a portion of it, and when we come back, I'll tell you how you can get your copy of Angels and Prophecy. But right now, let's listen and study how angels have an involvement in the last days with the Jewish people. We've come to Abraham so far. Matthew chapter 1, in the Christmas narrative, in Matthew 1 and 2, Luke 1 and 2, we see some interesting things unfolding. Here in Matthew chapter 1, the book of the generations of Jesus, the son of David, the son of Abraham, verse 2. Abraham begot Isaac, Isaac begot Jacob, Jacob begot Judah, and he now starts narrowing down from Abraham to Jesus Christ. It says in verse 17 of Matthew chapter 1, from Abraham to King David, 14 generations, from King David to the carrying away into the captivity, 14 generations, and from the carrying away of the captivity until Jesus, 14 generations. Basically, that's a synopsis of what he is saying here in these verses in Matthew chapter 1. But he's now narrowed from Adam to Noah to Shem to Abraham, and he's taking it to Jesus. And so he has a pure bloodline now selecting the Jewish people for the purpose of bringing forth the Messiah. Knowing that those angels, had they done it in the past, could do it again... I'm not, don't you dare go out here and say, I made the statement that they're doing it again. I'm simply saying, could do it again. If they could do it then, they could do it again. But he's narrowing down that genealogy to take him to Jesus Christ, pure, because that young virgin Jewish young lady had to be pure to bring forth the Messiah. Now look at Luke chapter 3 just for a second. Here's another genealogy in the New Testament. And this goes along with the Christmas genealogy, verse 23. But I want you to notice something very interesting in, Gen in Luke chapter 3. I was thinking about this, looking at these genealogies this morning, and it popped up there. I knew it, but you know how you know something, you forget it, and you go back, and then you remember it again? Look at here, Genesis 3.23, uh, excuse me, Luke 3.23. And Jesus himself began to be about 30 years of age, being as was supposed the son of Joseph, and was the son of Heli, Heli, that was the father of Mary. And I'll notice, and the genealogy starts to unfold. Look over here in verse uh, 31, which was the son of Nathan, which was the son of David. Look over here. In verse 34, which was the son of Jacob, which was the son of Isaac, which was the son of Abraham. Wait a minute. What this is doing is going in reverse. It's going from now Jesus 
back through to Abraham. Oh, wait a minute, it's not finished. Look over in verse 36, the last part of it, which was the son of Shem, which was the son of Noah, which was the son of Lemek, which was the son of Methuselah, which was the son of Enoch, which was the son of Jared. And you see how it's going all back? Look at verse 38. Which was the son of Enos, which was the son of Seth, which was the son of Adam, which was the son of God. And see, he goes all the way back. So Luke, having seen this genealogy narrow itself down from Adam to Noah to Shem to Abraham to King David to Jesus Christ, now Luke reverses it from Jesus Christ. Let's go back the other way. And he goes that same pure line. He doesn't mention everybody in this genealogy. Only the pure line is going to go back. And Satan realizes, wait a minute. I failed, Genesis 6. God came up with another plan. Now I've got to institute a plan. And so Daniel 10, as we studied yesterday. Daniel 10, the devil dispatches an angel to go to the leadership, the leadership of Persia, number one. That's chapter 10 of Daniel, verse 13, verse 20. And then the leadership of Grisha. I'm going to deal with, let's look at Daniel chapter 10. Because now we're going to see what God is allowing to have happen. He realizes how this is going to come into existence. And let me just remind you that God made these statements uh, to uh, the people that he was braining into existence to continue their line until the Messiah comes, and Satan was aware of all that was going on. You're going to Daniel chapter 10. We'll look at that. Let me just remind you what it says in, in Genesis chapter 12. He calls Abraham out of Ur the Chaldees. He then establishes the Jewish people. From a Gentile, he brings forth a new people, the Jewish people. In chapter 15, well, by the way, he gives them the Abrahamic covenant. And out of that Abrahamic covenant, he promises a land. He promises a throne and a descendant that would sit on that throne. And he promises a new heart. That's the Palestinian covenant, Deuteronomy chapter 30. That's the Davidic covenant, 2 Samuel chapter 7. And that is the new covenant, Jeremiah chapter 31. And so he is setting up a promise in the 15th chapter of the book of Genesis. He sets up a promise, a commitment, a covenant with Abraham. This is what's going to happen. And so the plan is set. Satan realizes that. So chapter 10 of the book of Daniel now comes again into existence as we look and see that on his way, and I believe the messenger here in Daniel 10 is Jesus Christ, we can discuss that later if you'd like to. Whether it be an angel or, or Jesus Christ, I believe it is, uh, is, is Jesus. On his way, he is stopped and hindered for 21 days from coming to be with Daniel to give him further information about what's going to happen. Verse 13, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and 21 days, but lo, Michael, one of the chief princesses, came to me and I remained there with the king of Persia, with the kings of Persia. And so the prince of Persia, that demon, 
from the first heaven dispatched by Satan to go and influence the leadership of Persia. Now we're going to look at a tangible evidence in a moment, but just let me notice again with you, verse 20. Then said he, Knowest thou wherefore I come unto thee, and now will I return to fight with the prince of Persia, and when I am gone forth, lo, the prince of Grecia shall come to me. And so we see right at the time of Daniel, God giving Daniel information about satanic influence, fallen angels coming to take control of. Someone asked me during the, the, uh, before we started the service, do you believe angels can take on the forms of bodies today? Well, I, I do know this. Angels, which are demons, can possess a body as evidenced throughout the entire New Testament. Jesus Christ cast those demons or those fallen angels out of those individuals. I know that can happen today. I am not going to say I can exegete a piece of scripture that says that they will take on a form of a male or female body today without possessing a body that's already there. I, I don't think I can disprove it. I don't think I can prove it. I think it's highly possible that that is going to happen. Again, I'm not being absolute. That's just uh, sanctified speculation. I think that is possible. But I do know that individuals who are leaders of nations who don't know Christ as Lord and Savior can be possessed by a demon. And that demon will control that individual. I give you the, old, the New Testament as my evidence to say that's exactly what happened. They beat themselves, they cried out, there's just not enough. You remember those places in the New Testament where that's talking about. And so whether they are taking on a body like they did in Genesis chapter 19, angels taking on a physical body, whether they're taking on that body or not, or whether they're possessing a body, they're going to go into a situation, highly influence or take complete control of these individuals. Tangible evidence, the book of Esther. Go to the book of Esther. And let me show you in the book of Esther exactly how this angel to Persia did what I'm talking to you about. Ahasuerus, king at the time, had a queen, Vashti. You know probably the story of Esther. Uh, she passes from the scene. He needs another queen. He selects Esther, who he did not know was Jewish. Her uncle, Mordecai, was there on the scene and there to take care, help meet needs that she would have. If you're looking for Esther, it's the, before the book of Job. It's the place in your Bible where the pages are still stuck together. So. <laughs> I'm sorry. I saw a couple of you leave me through there. Anyway, Esther, an exciting book, an interesting book to study. It is a thrilling book to study. But here now, Vashti comes on the scene. Mordecai is standing at the gate to the palace. He's there praying. He's there desirous and be able to watch his niece to make sure everything's going to be all right as far as she's concerned. Along came Haman. He walks in, Mordecai doesn't bow to him. Uh, his e this egomaniac of the world at that time says, I don't like that, you're going to bow to me. And Mordecai basically said, I don't bow to anybody except God. So you'll bow to me, I'll make it happen. Look at chapter 3. 
of the book of Esther, if you finally found it. Chapter 3 of the book of Esther. And after these things did King Ahasuerus promote Haman. Look at here. I want to show you something. The son of Hamadetha, the Agagite. Angels and Prophecy is what we've been listening to. It was one portion of a five-part audio series on CD entitled Angels and Prophecy, and we were focusing in on how angels play a role with Jews in the last days. In fact, in the first coming of Jesus Christ, there was a lot of angelic activity. Well, when Jesus Christ comes the second time, angels will play a key role as well. Remember, I told you earlier that angels, that word, or its plural, is used more than any other word in the book of Revelation. If you'd like to have your copy, go to our website, www.prophecytoday.com, and you can make your order there, or you can call our toll-free number, 877-674-3298. Easy way to remember that is 8-PROPHECY-8, 877-674-3298. Make that call and order your copy of Angels and Prophecy. By the way, I am so thrilled that you're studying prophecy with us. Let me just continue to remind you that the next main event in God's calendar of activities is the rapture of the church. And you know what? That could happen even before I conclude this sentence. Well, having said that, nothing left for me to say except let's keep looking up until. <laughs> 